think what really moved me, you know, was really the plight of the women that were left destitute. Where do they go now? Women who are the main caregivers of, of children won't have a livelihood. And what happens to them? What happens to those children? It just deepens inequality and poverty in those communities that were already so vulnerable socially and economically. Welcome to the Climate Justice Central podcast. My name is Tanil Kwetz. I'm a journalist from Namibia, and today I'm speaking to a fellow journalist from South Africa that's going to share the findings and revelations she made in her research of the East African Crude Oil Pipeline, or ECOP, that is proposed to transport oil from Uganda to Tanzania. Hello everyone, my name is Ongeng Muga. I am a climate and environmental journalist at the Daily Mavericks, uh, our burning planet unit. You're currently working on a project writing about the expansion of fossil fuel in Africa. So can you tell me a bit more what your focus is currently on, what projects you're focusing on? Yeah, absolutely. So I am focusing on the East African Crude Oil Pipeline Project, which is a project that, well, extraction begins in Uganda in the East African region and goes all the way down to Tanzania, which is also in the East African region. And basically, they'll be extracting crude oil in Uganda and transporting it through a pipeline that begins in Uganda and runs through to Tanzania. The pipeline is going to run about 1,500 kilometers between the two countries and will basically be a heated pipeline that will ensure that the crude oil can run through it and is still in its or required state rather once it gets to, to the ports in Tanzania in order to be exported for international markets. I can't even imagine like such a large area, what the environmental impact could be. But I, I'm guessing through your research, you did come across some of the impacts. So can you tell a bit more about what of some of these impacts would be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the project hasn't even reached financial close and it, it has already devastated so many lives and been, uh, you know, poses such a an incredible threat to the environment. I mean, socially, there have been so many families that have been moved in order uh, in order to ensure that, you know, the crude oil can be extracted, but also that the pipeline can actually be built and doesn't actually run through communities that are living there. So those communities that were previously there have been moved to other areas. And that impact has been devastating to so many families. For example, um, I've learned in, in speaking to some of the campaign coordinators that are associated with Stop ECOP are saying that a lot of the, the women have been really at the bottom of the ladder in terms of receiving compensation for, you know, moving their families because the title deeds of the homes are not in their names or even though they add the biggest value to the property in terms of working the land and maintaining the homes and looking after, you know, the children and the rest of the family. So that's been very devastating for them. Some of them have, some of the women have, reported that, uh, you know, the, the the men that received the money because they have the title deeds have, you know, completely squandered the money and um, not given 
any of the money to their families or to what it was meant for. When you hear such stories, uh, it becomes, I think, so heartbreaking and I think so important to to convey the extent of the damage and impact that this project poses. But also environmentally, you know, it poses such a threat to the national park that the crude oil is being extracted nearby from and the animals that depend on the wildlife that's there, you know, the ecosystems, the natural, like from the little insects that depend on a particular and have depended on a particular ecosystem for so many years to survive. That is also being threatened uh, despite, you know, these these companies saying, well, we're going to do the environmental impact and assessments and, and going to rectify. We've seen history has shown continuously that that has never been the case. Just the impact is so horrendous from from anywhere you look at it. And it's, it's very disappointing that, you know, our leaders would um, put all of their efforts in, in, in supporting this project. Like you said, it it really seems that the impact is in in all bases, social, <laughs> social and environmental. It goes goes so far, but this is a massive project, and I can imagine it involves a lot of research. But through your research, what is something? Is there something that really stood out to you? I think what really moved me, you know, was was really the the plight of the women that were left destitute. You know, where do they go now? What do people that have worked the land for so many years, you know, using indigenous knowledge methods and ensuring that indigenous foods that most of the continent has really lost over the years through colonialism, ensuring that those foods are alive because those foods are so good for not only our bodies, but for the environment because they're specific, they're climate specific and um, climate resilient as well. So to hear that, you know, that that's going to be lost, that form of knowledge is going to be lost, that women who are the main caregivers of of children won't have a livelihood and what happens to them, what happens to those children, it just creates a deeper sense of a deeper sense of loss, I think, and and just a deeper it just deepens inequality and poverty in those communities that were already so vulnerable socially and economically. So I think that for me was just the most heartbreaking part of it, especially when, you know, these projects, when they compensate these communities say, well, we're going to move you from, you know, where you've grown up and all that you know to this area, but we're going to improve your lives. And it only worsens those conditions. And 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 I mean, I think that's just a a microcosm of of what's going to happen within that region, you know, that that's exactly what's going to happen at a larger scale in terms of, you know, Uganda and Tanzania and the rest of the region where they're still planning on exploring for for fossil fuels. So it's like those countries are actually going to be more impoverished. People are going to be left destitute and not know what to do. And it's, it's just such a shame that in light of you know, the climate science saying we shouldn't be exploring fossil fuels. It's not only detrimental to the environment and the climate in the long term, it's detrimental to the people. And yet, you know, Africa feels like it is their turn to pollute. And it's it's not solely the on African leaders to blame because it's the Europeans that are coming in and saying, well, they need this resource and uh, it's going to be good for them. And yeah, it's just such a pity that that it, it's always women and children that are a worse impact. And I think that for me really just, just broke my heart. I think you mentioned earlier that there's the Stop ECOP campaign. Is there, other than that, 
protest or like an uproar against this project? Of most of the the fossil fuel exploration projects that are ongoing on the continent right now, I think this has received the most attention. I can't, uh, you know, speculate as to why exactly, but I think the organizers and those that have rallied behind it have have been doing an incredible job of, um, you know, making noise about it in order to to bolster pushback against it. But yeah, the 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 Stop ECOP campaign has been doing a lot of work to try and, you know, raise awareness and bring attention. And it's it's been hard because Uganda, the political kind of setup there is is very restrained. So, you know, a lot of the media freedom, a lot of the right to protest isn't fully actualized. And so, you know, the people that do make noise there are literally putting their own lives in danger. Um, students are being arrested. The Stop ECOP and pain manager is actually based in South Africa because for him to be based in in Uganda, I, I don't think we would be we would be talking of him in the past tense, to be very honest. There is the Stop ECOP campaign, but I think a lot of, you know, young people have been really coming to the party and, and trying to push back in, you know, all of the ways that they can in order to raise awareness, even in their country and at their own risk. And yeah, they've actually just won a, I think, the Copenhagen Conference People's Award, the campaign that is uh, for the work that they do. So, you know, the pushback is is really strong and people, whether it's organizations, I know 350africa.org also supports, you know, the Stop ECOP campaign. Um, I know there's a lot of troops in South Africa that are definitely rallying against it. And I think the rest of the world really is just watching closely and trying to put the project to an end before it really, it really kicks off. That's amazing to you. And um, the fact that the uproar is at such a big scale is super important because the project is in such a big scale and is going to cover such a big area. It, it's needed for everyone in this world to be aware and to fight it, definitely. I feel like through your writing, in a way, yeah, what would you say you want to achieve with your stories and your work? I think with a lot of these campaigns, they they spread so easily and people, you know, kind of catch a glimpse of it and just want to get a, a general sense of what's going on and want to decide from that little bit of information whether they want to support it or not. And I think from my reporting, as I said, the the story of the woman and the children touched me so deeply. I think that is something that's also underreported because I've read so much about it over the years, but I've never really come across that particular angle. And so that's really what I want to want to highlight is, you know, who are the most vulnerable? And um, I think if if people in in joining the campaign are have a fuller picture of, you know, who's who and who's most affected and, and how they're affected. I think that would really kind of rally more people against it and uh, I think draw in more organizations that are, are focused on, on, on women and children's rights, for example. So yeah, so it's just creating, for me mainly, creating a, a holistic perspective, yeah, in order to, to, to garner more, more troops on the ground. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to read your work. Thank you.